What's up, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Views from the Trail. My name is Nate, and I'm so excited that y'all have decided to join us for this week's episode. This week, I'm joined by my friend, Ted Anderson, as we discuss what the Bible means when it tells us to be set apart. My prayer is that this conversation will be a help to you and your desire to glorify God. Anyways, enough of me talking. You're going to hear me talking now as we get into the conversation. Enjoy. Peace out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this uh, episode of Views from the Trail. I'm with my friend Ted Anderson. What's up? What's up? Ted is here, and I'm here as well. And today we are going to um, talk about a question that uh, has stemmed. Now, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and so we won't... uh, we're talking about this tomorrow night in our Bible and in our mm-hmm. worship gathering uh, a little bit. We're going to touch on it, and so this is actually going to be in response to that. So we, you haven't heard the message yet. I've been preparing the message. Uh, but uh, there is this verse in Nehemiah chapter 10, and it's at the end of the chapter. And uh, really, here at the in, in chapter 10, we see Nehemiah uh, and the people of Israel... Uh, They are fulfilling their covenant, and what they're doing is really talking, uh, showing us what their covenant is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk, uh, we we talked about uh, a stick-to-itiveness, being stuck or being bound or sealed to the Lord. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, separation, what it means to be separate from the world. And then we're going to talk about this seriousness. Uh, Chapter uh, 10, verse 39, uh, the people of Israel and the sons of Eli uh, Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine, and oil to the chambers where the vessels of the sanctuary uh, are as well as the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers. And they said this together, we will not neglect the house of our God. Um, they make this covenant to where they will not neglect the house of God. That mm-hmm. word house of God, that phrase is used, I believe, ten times in Nehemiah chapter 10. So it is used time and time again. So there is this importance here in Nehemiah 10. After this revival, Mm -hmm. this renewed importance of the house of God. This renewed importance really of what we see now in New Testament Christianity, the new Mm -hmm. covenant of church. Right? Mm -hmm. So Church and Christian identity. Yes, we need... As we begin this conversation, we need to set up a couple things so people will understand. Um, one, uh, unlike the Old Testament, uh, God is not bound by a... His presence is not bound by a temple. Mm-hmm. All right, We understand now in New Testament Christianity, we are called the temple of God. So we understand that, yes, God dwells within us, uh, but we we need to remember that there is an importance of us being a part of church. So as we begin, Mm -hmm. Ted, as we begin and we talk about why church is important, um, what is your definition of church? Uh, What is my definition of church? Uh, I'd say my definition of church is a gathering of 
and then that's it's a gathering yeah it is church is a group of men and women tied to the God of the Hebrew scriptures pursuing an understanding of his word giving him the credit and the glory for life and the creation of all things and seeking union and relationship with him in all the ways that he himself lays out church is not necessarily bound to one specific building as you just talked about in the old testament being that god created a physical space through the temple for his people to come and see him Um, however that kind of layout for fellowship with god is something that jesus christ his son and god himself lays out as being the ideal way to um, follow in Jesus Christ's footsteps, to um, know who he is. There is something profound and deeply important tied to being physically together, worshiping God. Yes. So we see church then as, like you said, it's it's a group of people. Uh, it's a gathering. I, I love that word. It's a gathering because um, that's what we're doing usually when we're at church. We're gathering together. Um, it, we have somewhat this, you know, we come together at, with a with a common idea, this common thought, this common purpose, which is to give glory to God. Um, we are uh, the bride of Christ. Uh, this the, the church you can look at it uh, we're not a building but we're uh, if we look at the book of Acts that you could see the church wasn't a building it was a movement uh, but uh, when we think about it, and we say let's go to church let's 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 go to church mm-hmm. um, what that is I think believe to me and to you uh, and to I hope for those that are listening to this podcast it's a Let's go on a Sunday morning. Let's go. Let's sing together. Let's listen to God's word. Let's fellowship together. If we get there early enough, we'll go to Sunday school. We'll go to life group, something like that. But isn't that like, if we say church, that's what comes to mind for us, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So when we talk here about not neglecting the house of God, Nehemiah 10, not neglecting church. Um, And me and you, before we started this podcast, we were talking about it. And I think that we can stem that the neglecting of church can fall into two categories. Because neglecting the church can happen in those that are not present at church. Yes. But then at the same time, neglecting the house of God can also happen when you're at church. Absolutely. And so we need to understand and we need to make that aware to people is, is that you can faithfully come to church and still neglect the house of God. You can do that multiple ways. You can do that through not serving. Mm-hmm. You can do that through not giving. 
Uh, but then you can just do that through not just being all there and being there for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, you make the joke about the dude that the only reason why he went to youth group was because there was a cute girl there. So you, you can see that there can, you can be physically present mm-hmm. and still neglect the house of God. Yes. But let's, before we get to that one, let's go back to that first side of it. Uh, what it means to neglect uh, the house of God from the standpoint of not being present. And that's a big one coming out of this post-COVID-19 pandemic era is that um, we're seeing specifically in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. uh, cultural Christianity, uh, there are people that are forsaking the house of God from the standpoint of not even showing up. So I've, on this podcast, a couple like at the beginning of the pandemic, me and Justin went through and we talked about the importance of what church is. So let me just ask you then, why is it important, even post-pandemic, with even everything that's surrounding the coronavirus, why is it important for young adults, not, not old people, because we understand, and if you have a pre-existing condition, we understand that being safe and wanting to stay home. Absolutely. But why is it important for those that are healthy mm-hmm. to come to church? And that's a big question even now because there are still questions about whether we are truly in a post-COVID world with spikes going up. However, the data on what COVID is, I don't think, has changed much. Uh, I think the point that you make that there is there does seem to be an age range for um, how deadly this sickness can be and... Certainly, the age of young adult, uh, young pros, that this ministry kind of calls into has a lesser effect. The importance of us coming together face-to-face, I think, can be seen in um, how disconnected I think everybody feels. We've spend so much time looking at the news for information and scanning social media to see how everybody's been affected. Um, even if you go beyond that and make phone calls, um, I was in a men's group just this past week, uh, Sunday night, and um, one of the guys expressed a deep sadness over his inability to hug other people yeah like just there's there's something about one another's presence that is deeply important to who we are as human beings that we miss and it's compounded in the church environment when you are coming before a god of the universe and you are being told through his word and through his presence that he deeply knows you and in that space, you are amongst other people who are also known by the God of the universe. Like, we're called to walk and to know one another. If we're not showing up and being with one another physically, we are not truly connecting, no matter how many Zoom calls we have, no matter how many uh, phone calls we, we attempt to have. There's something about being in one another's presence, being able to see each other face to face, ask questions, 
Ask hard questions. Ask hard questions. Because that, yeah, you can masquerade mm-hmm. that things are okay when you're not physically in the presence of somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many YouTube videos do we have nowadays of people making up screens for people to kind of fake being in a meeting yes. on Zoom? Yes. It is so, so easy. Yes. So, but when there's something about being physically present, mm-hmm. um, you... Uh, you know, you you can't hide. You can't. You can't. You have to, and especially if you're in a um, a congregation or if you're in a, in a when you're gathering corporately with people that truly know you. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, that that is what you said is so true. Asking questions, you know, being just being honest, because mm-hmm. we've known each other for a while. I know when something's not up. Something's good, not good with you. Yeah. Like being in the being, having honest conversations with people, mm-hmm. and that's one side of what church is. Is that it is, and I think that's a part of the discipleship process mm-hmm. that comes within church. Is that um, it, it's helping you become as the process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's you're going through a trial, you're going through a situation, you're going through temptation, difficulty, a storm in your life. Um, and, uh, this kind of goes with another part of it, but you can do uh, a part of the sermon from Thursday, but, um, sometimes what that leads us to is when we have those things going on, it leads us to isolation. Yes. And, um, you can be isolated at church. You can. Specifically, if you show up 10 minutes late to service and you mm-hmm. just sneak into the back and you leave during the invitation, yeah, you can be isolated, yep. which that says another thing. Come on time to church, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because isolation comes when you walk in in the last minute, leave before everybody gets out, stuff like that. But um, isolation is what happens when questions aren't asked mm-hmm. or when you're not around people. And that, that is, and isolation always leads to sin. Mm-hmm. It never leads to holiness. No. Isolation always leads to sin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what you say, it leads to sin. If you're by yourself long enough, you're really going to think that you're alone. Yeah. And that you can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. But that's not... That's not what scripture says. That's that's why church was established. That's why God established it in this in times, these last days that we're living in the church age, he established it as a gathering so we wouldn't be isolated. Mm-hmm. And you can't get away from that, even outside of the church. Psychology and just basic human understanding tells us that we crave it. And when we are away from the public eye, when we are away from being known and being around people that are talking to us and, and connecting with us, we lose ourselves. Mm. We can go crazy. We can get too inward focused yeah. and start thinking really shallow, really limited things about ourselves and the people around us. And we can end up angry or depressed or anxious all the time. And it keeps us from going nowhere. Yeah. So let's go then on the, the so, so we see that there's, an importance of coming to church, uh, dealing it with the standpoint of you not being present physically, right? Mm-hmm. So we're saying that there's this importance of being present physically. Yes. Um, because if you're not present 
physically, mm-hmm. you're going to have a tendency to go into isolation. Um, you're going to have the tendency uh, to uh, maybe not deal with storms properly, mm-hmm. deal with tests within your life properly. Um, there is, you know, it, it helps with discipleship. It helps mm-hmm. with all these, um, just every aspect of the Christian life. Being at church, it's going to build in accountability within your life. Like, you don't know that, but it does. Yes. Build, being at church and seeing your friends at church, it's, it builds up accountability because when you don't show up, mm-hmm. some people would think, oh, they don't, they never missed me. They didn't know I was gone. We notice when people don't show up. Oh, absolutely. And so that, that, that's a part of that. And my hope and the, the prayer is, is that if when you notice somebody isn't showing up, mm-hmm. you reach out to that person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, there, there are so many things built in and just coming to church. But then there's the other side of it with those that are present, mm-hmm. but mentally they're not there. Yeah. Mentally they're in a different place. Or mentally they're there for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And that reason that a lot of us, and then I, you know, I, I think that even within Ignite, we can sometimes overtly express that this is one of the main reasons why we are a ministry. It's for the sake of community. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, community is great. Absolutely. It's one of the main reasons why that I was connected with Ignite five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's why you showed up. Yep. And so you built, and your best friends. Pretty much all come from Ignite. Yes. So we, we're not downplaying the importance of community, but if that's the main reason why you come, mm-hmm. and you're not coming to, ch- to, to, to church, or you're not coming to to worship God and to grow in Him and to come more, become more like Him, um, you're going to forsake the things of God and the mm-hmm. house of God. Yes. Because your expectation for how things are going to go at church are based upon how your friendships are. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Not, not going to lie, there are going to be times where everybody's not gelling together. You know, you can cut the tension with a mm-hmm. knife. Yep. And how then do you respond when things like that happen? Usually it's going to be like, well, they're not my friends, mm-hmm. so I don't need to go back there. Exactly. When we show up to church and I've done this when I show up to church expecting to be hanging out with just my friends and then I end up getting hurt because of something that they said or something that they neglected to say or notice I end up not wanting to go back the reason I continue to show up is because we're all there A. My friends are there but B. That's where I can worship the Lord like openly and with other people it's where I can learn and study and ask hard questions about others about the Bible And if I were to just show up to church for the sake of community I wouldn't be showing up to it anymore because people are there too Like, if I wanted to be in a, a community that I could hang out with, laugh and have a good time I wouldn't want to be anywhere near people who would ask hard questions and I wouldn't want to be anywhere near the Bible because it asks hard questions at every page. 
Mm. Makes you go to uncomfortable places that you don't want to go to. And so when you have the mindset of like, well, I'm here for community, but then within that community, the questions that are being asked are really, like you said, difficult. Mm -hmm. um, force you to change things about your life. Yep. Um, there then can be this this thought that well they've asked me these questions they must not be my friends mm -hmm. because we have this thought and this idea that friendships aren't going to ask you hard questions yeah they're always going to let you do what you want to do they're mm -hmm. going to be just be there for you yes when the fact when a true friend is what true community is is more than just good job buddy but mm -hmm. is, are you sure that you need to do that? Yeah. Like, I see this tendency in your life. Mm -hmm. I see you struggle in this area. Hey, I saw that what you posted on Facebook or on Twitter or yeah. on Instagram. What's up with that? That it. Yeah. The community then, it, it's, it's not community just for the sake of community. Nope. It's community that's pointing you to become more like Jesus. Exactly. And that's a hard thing. And, and sometimes we miss that. Sometimes, because, mm -hmm. you know, we do fun things as, as a squad, as a group, as a community. We're going to use that word so much. As a fellowship. That's like the new like go-to word for churches. Community. Mm -hmm. Find community. Right. But uh, we, we have those moments to where we have fun. That we're growing mm -hmm. in friendships. But, you know, sometimes we put that above what the main purpose of our gathering together is. Mm -hmm. um, because you know I've had conversations with people that they are and this was even this is even this is everybody specifically when you're in young adults and you're single mm -hmm. you know some reason sometimes people just show up because they know somebody's there yeah and they want to build a relationship with that person they want to date that person mm -hmm. And they do it, and they and, and 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 that being their main purpose for coming, it ends up pushing them probably further away from the Lord than bringing them closer. Yeah, because really, when we look at relationships and we and we look at romantic relationships and dating, mm -hmm. um. You should be pursuing the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And pursuing the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength mm -hmm. isn't saying that, well, I'm coming to church to hang out with her or to hang out with him. Yeah. When you love the Lord, you're out with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're saying, I'm going there so I can grow closer to the Lord, mm -hmm. so that I can get in his word, so that I can worship with my brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ corporately to where we can grow closer to him, so where we can see him do things in our life. Right? Exactly. And so it's very important to have this mindset that even when you're physically at church, you can still forsake the house of God. Yes. And that is not... That's my prayer is that I would not be that way. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a tendency to do that, specifically when we elevate community for Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and then in closing, as we end this up, just another thing about this is that 
talk to me about the importance of um, faithfulness within church. Not from the standpoint of just faithfulness in going and attending, mm-hmm. but faithfulness in the singleness of location. Because, mm-hmm. hear me out, I've had conversations with people to where I ask them, hey, where do you go to church? Mm-hmm. Right? And they said that they just go to like four different churches. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a bunch of baloney, personally. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bunch of junk uh, because it, it gets you away from certain things. But you, well, why is it important for Ted Anderson to be faithful to the church he attends, singularly just that church? Why is it important? And you're asking Ted, who has gone to multiple churches over the course of his life. Yes, but you're not a person that went to multiple churches at one time. Correct. Yes. Being connected to one church... I've seen and heard stories of many people who leave various churches and move on to others or focus on different churches at one given time because of what different churches focus on. It can be tied to messages. Well, this person is going through Romans. They're taking a break right now, though, so we're going to go to this other church because they're going through Psalms, and I really like how he teaches about something specific tied to Psalms. Um, it can also be relational. Uh, I've seen people leave church because of breakup or um, because a friend group fell apart it got uncomfortable and had to take a break Um, a number of reasons Um, another big one that I've seen in my own family has been moving churches because the pastor makes me the, the messages that he teach are very uncomfortable for me to listen to and I think at the center of the question of why be committed to a church versus leaving? I think that there are good reasons to, quote, good questions to ask tied to whether you should show up to a church. If you find one that's devoted to teaching God's word and following the Lord, the only reason you would leave that church is because God has moved in the body and moved through your time with him for you to go to another church. You show up to one church specifically because after asking all those right questions, you see that the community has is is meeting a need in you personally and God is answering prayer and is challenging you and growing you closer to who he is. And life is hard. Relationships are hard. Love is difficult. And expecting church to not be difficult and trying to subdue that difficulty by going to another church will only leave you going to a diff- another difficult situation because you're there and God's there. And the relationship between you and God won't change even though you try and run from it by going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah there was a... Uh, let see if I can pull it up. There's this guy that I follow on... Uh, Instagram. His name is David Campbell. He's a smart guy, let's say. Um, goodness, let's see if I can find it where he put it on Instagram. Oh, good luck. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fun. Uh, basically, what he said in this in his quote was, um, make sure that the reason why uh, you're leaving a church is more about the church and not about you. Mm-hmm. Because if it's about you, wherever you're going. Yes. You're going to have that same problem. Exactly, because you're there. Yes, because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it, it, it's that that's really it. So you mm-hmm. have to, and then that takes some uh, self-examination, self-reflection, um, really some probably some hard pills to swallow because mm-hmm. you're going to understand. Wait, the problem's not with the church; the problem's with me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people can come and say, "Well, you know, what does the church really say about?" Um, you know, we're all the body of Christ. I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when we understand in Luke 2.42, I mean, mm-hmm. not Acts 2.42, mm-hmm. where the church was established and they broke yes. bread and they fellowshiped, um, it, there's this just importance mm-hmm. of, of being connected to like one fellowship. Mm-hmm. There is. Yes. There, there is a... I, find me a place in the Bible where there isn't an importance of being connected to just one fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is a call for us to where we solely become connected with a fellowship. Yes. Not to church hop. Nope. Not not to go to multiple locations and then that, then you just because you know what that you know what that encourages? That encourages isolation. Mm-hmm. That encourages, um, you know, not accountability. The, what's the opposite of accountability? Accountability, isolation. Iso- yeah, the same thing. There you go, isolation again. Mm-hmm. It, it, it encourages that because you're not building really lasting relationships. Yeah. You're just building, oh, yeah, you're that dude I see like every you're, three weeks. You're building bubbles. Yes, is what you are. Mm-hmm. And you don't get asked the hard questions. You don't. And so honestly, you, you you know you know it would be so encouraging to where those people that you know you almost say, well, hey, I go to like three different places. You just look them in the face and be like, well, if that's how you're going to be, don't come back here. Mm-hmm. Like that, that 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 that's a hard that's one of those hard things to say. But um, you know, you go to you need to. I know that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to build off of that, like think of Timothy. Timothy. It was one of the 12 apostles. Um, Jesus Christ it, at this point has died and is buried and has risen again, but uh, there are only certain key members who know this. And uh, there are three instances where Jesus Christ openly in the Bible shows himself to his apostles. It was Thomas, right? Not Timothy. Thomas, thank you. Not You're Timothy. Welcome. There's Thomas and Timothy. Thomas, doubting Thomas. Uh, the reason he's called that is. Jesus Christ shows up to his apostles without Thomas being present and all of them are encouraged and amazed. He walks through a a door that's locked and stands among them and shows them the holes that the nails went through his hands in and he shows them his side where the spear stabbed him to confirm that he was in fact dead. And they all walk away encouraged and uh, Mary is affirmed in her telling of her story because Jesus Christ showed himself to her first and mm-hmm. a lot happens there in that group. Thomas is not there. And what would have happened to him if when that group of men and women who had spent so many years around him told him, 
about that experience for him to go, no, how dare you give me hope that this man who I have loved and followed for years is alive. That hurts too much. I'm not showing up next week. The last thing he needed to do was run. Because if he had run, Jesus wouldn't have been around. Yeah. Him showing up to a group that had claimed something that was asinine and painful in a world where the Jews hated Christ and the Romans just did not want to think about this man anymore. He was a blip on their radar. He showed up and Jesus came in and affirmed and met him in his doubt and met him in his pain. Nine times out of ten, when we are wanting to run from a body because it's too uncomfortable or too painful or too weird, the last thing we need to do is to run. Hmm. Because it's in that place of discomfort that God is probably planning on doing something in our lives. We just have to have the courage to either stay or ask God for the strength to stay. And then I think there's just an encouraging aspect of it, or encouraging thing with all this, is that um, more than likely there's going to come a point in your life to where there's going to be some sort of brokenness that happens in your life that's connected to church. Yeah. And um, basically, in those moments, like understand, you know, some people want to push it and say, well, you know, this, you know, this is God's house. You know, this shouldn't have happened here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is church. Why, these are, should, should yes. be the most loving people. Why is, why mm-hmm. did this brokenness, why did this situation happen to me? Um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that we are, um, while yes, the church was established by God, it was, mm-hmm. um, and he is, and Christ is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. We find that, we find that in scripture. Um, each church is led, a shepherd by humans, mm-hmm. by man, um, by sinful man, yep. by a fallen creature. So while, yes, we uh, are following, while, yes, Christ is the head of the church, um, people that are physically leading churches, they're broken people mm-hmm. coming from broken places that are coming in positions of sin. Yeah. And so you, if you set up this expectation that church is perfect, mm-hmm. Or that I would never get hurt at church. You're gonna, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Because you know we. Church is a place. While yes, it is. It, it can be dirty. It can be difficult, and it can hurt. But when it is working properly. When the main purpose and the main goal and the main idea is to is to grow in Christ and is to make disciples and is to love God and is to love others. And when you keep the main thing, the main thing, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've experienced that. I've been involved in churches that were beautiful and I've been involved in churches that weren't beautiful. Yeah. But even in the churches that weren't beautiful, it didn't push me to forsake the church. Mm-hmm. It just helped me understand that the church is filled with broken people. Yeah. And when you don't, and when you forsake the house of God, and when your leaders are forsaking the house of God, Mm -hmm. it can lead 
to difficulty, can lead to trials, can lead to storms in your life, and it can lead to just you having a hard time at church. So when those things come, yes. don't forsake church. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Nope. Because you, you need to stay faithful in that. Mm-hmm. God has ordained church to be a part of this place until he raptures it out. Mm-hmm. And so we as the church are called to be a part of it physically mm-hmm. and mentally and yes. emotionally. Um, and so what you got? I apologize in advance. I didn't expect to use this section of scripture, but... It's cool. Um, We're about... Do your thing, do your piece... And we're closing. So, in the very opening few books of the Bible, uh, at one point, there's the uh, it's 12 tri- tribes of Judah? Or 12 of Israel. Of Israel. So, one of the tribes of Israel's name is a Levite. Uh, the, the Levites. And the Levites are the men and women that God uses to uh, be his priests at the time. And through the Levites, probably in Leviticus... Ah, God brought me to it. In Leviticus, um, chapter 13, uh, this is titled Laws About Leprosy. The Le- God, through the Levites, lays out the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, when a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease of the skin of his body. And then, so that whole chapter talks about sickness and how to deal with this disease that... Um, in such a way that could lead to uh, cleanliness or at least somewhat helpful. Um, It's through the church at the time that God used um, people coming together and hearing from God to meet a very real biological issue of human life. And... I think that throughout history, I'm not strong in church history, but I can know that there are a number of men and women throughout the years who have pursued answers to sicknesses and answers to um, a number of other worldly issues. And that, that stems from the church. That stems from a desire to know who God is. And we wouldn't have, they would not be able to meet and have the knowledge of what to do with leprosy, which was a very real issue at the time. If you had leprosy, you were an outcast. They didn't have a, a way to treat it back then. Then, Without the church, they wouldn't be able to do anything well with it. It would just go unanswered. It would yeah. be a sickness that would spread and cripple nations and cause massive issues. But God came along, and through the people he called to be his priests... He gave them a basic understanding of how to deal with it, where to seclude people. If they had a sickness, they'd be put into a tent and cut off from the world for a a day or a week, depending on what the issue was. And they'd come back and, okay, what is this? How are we treating it? And God would answer those questions. And uncertainty is the most prevalent thing of our time, I think, right now. We don't know... Who to trust we don't know where to find answers and the last thing that people want to hear is that church is the place to go to find that but church is the place to go to find that we may not have all the answers but 
history tells us that church is where you go to start. And you are going to find community, you're going to find um, uh, maybe not happiness, but you are going to find peace and satisfaction in the, ch the plan that God lays out for relationships and church as a whole. If you're a believer. Yes, because at the end of the day, it's God's plan, not ours. Yes, that's a good word. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it just made me think, and in closing, this is uh, election, the, the day after election day, so uh, you can even say of it as, um, you know, people have asked the question, is, the, is it the government's job to take care of the poor, to take care of the homeless, to take care of the orphan, the widow? Um, you know, that was, that was never supposed to be, mm -hmm. uh, solved nope. by government. It wasn't. It was a job that was given to the church. It was. James, true religion is this, mm -hmm. undefiled, to take care of those that are least than you, to take care of the least of these. Yes. And so, um, God has given us answers to this world mm -hmm. answers to the questions of this world solutions to problems that are amongst this world mm -hmm. and they come through the church through the church so don't forsake the house of god nope. go be a part of it and so thank y'all so much for gathering and hanging out with us this today i don't know when this is but thanks for hanging out with us uh any last words ted nope no. God is the answer. That's right, he is. Uh, thank y'all so much, and uh, peace out. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Views from the Trail. Views from the Trail is the podcast of the Ignite Young Adult Ministry at First Baptist Church in Yang Trail. You can follow all things Ignite at our Instagram page, Ignite underscore FBCIT. We pray that this podcast was a blessing to you and that you will use what you heard to glorify God. Peace out.